We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory Live Edition presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Emprise has wearable banking that always allows you to check your account balance, find ATM locations, and receive alerts all from your smartwatch just as easily as you can check your steps. Don't be tethered to a brick building when the ability to bank is tethered to your wrist. Emprise Bank, our partners in Possible. They're wonderful. They're the best. I love partnering with them. Uh, and I love these two guys that I'm hanging out with right now. First, find them on Twitter at Maddie underscore KZSN. <laughs> it's going to be a while. What's up? Hey, you're getting really good at this now. Like you're getting, you're getting. So I appreciate that. Guys, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for spending Valentine's Day with me, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Neither one of you sent me flowers. That was kind of sad. Tucker did. So like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but, um, so, but thank you guys. Thank you guys for whining and dining me this evening. And thank you for everybody that's, you know, joining us before you go out, uh, for a lovely dinner, I hope, or when you're just hanging out at home, Craig, I miss you, bud. I miss you guys too. Yes. I, uh, apparently my flowers were lost in the mail, but it, it does not surprise me that, uh, that Tucker is the most considerate of all of us. So props to that kid. We got football news. Here. Chiefs played. Uh, the, there was a Super Bowl last night. And the Chiefs didn't play in it. It was weird. Oh. I, I'd grown accustomed to it. It, it kind of sucked. That cut deep the way you like got into that. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm a fan of how you talked about how there was a Super Bowl and the Chiefs weren't in there. Yeah, we uh, yeah. we'll get to all that. We'll get to all that in a minute. But I do want to make sure that we tell everybody this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? You or someone you love falling into depression or struggling with anxiety can keep you from what you care about. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. This service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with traditional therapy. 
BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy for free to change uh, and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Uh, you can go to you know betterhelp.com slash reviews for that. Visit betterhelp.com slash KCSN. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for KCSN listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash kcsn uh let's or so we got that uh we just want to make sure we we mentioned that off the top and all right we can we can talk football now uh <laughs> it's uh it's it's it, it was weird it was weird to watch that game uh last night it, it, it this is gonna sound weird it was nice in some senses to have this game off because it's miserable the the five hours watching that game are miserable if you were a fan of that of one of the teams because it's just excruciating but i'm ready to, i i'm ready for i'm ready to be back in that game maddie <laughs> that's like that's the that's the ultimate takeaway coming a day away from it. i'm ready to be back boy i could not disagree more um i think watching the game is fantastic i i had a great time during both super bowls even when the chiefs were losing the last one Watching that Super Bowl yesterday, last night, and I a part of it was because the Chiefs were in it, were coming off back-to-back years where they have been, and part of it was I don't think either one of the two teams were particularly great teams, and they weren't playing particularly great. It's like that plays a big role in it as well. I just simply just I don't know. I'd much rather have been watching the Chiefs play. Like I did, I wasn't very engaged in last night's game. I was trying to watch it, but I felt like I really kind of had to force myself into it. Yeah, it was not one of the Super Bowls to remember. It really wasn't. Until about the last two minutes of the game, outside of an egregious offensive pass interference penalty that was not called. There's ref calls on both ways. I I shouldn't place it just solely on that. But it wasn't an awesome game. It really wasn't. Uh, Neither team really played to the best of their ability. Sean McVay's game plan was bad like real bad like you're gonna keep running into a brick wall of a defense and not give cooper cup the ball i get that they lost odell beckham jr that changed things for them but man when it's not working boy you want to talk about something that that triggered me i'm sitting there watching them not be able to run the ball not be able to execute very well and i'm just flashing back to two weeks before and watching the chiefs not be able to throw the ball and continue to try and throw the ball. It, it was the polar opposite thing. And you're just screaming at the TV. It's like, make an adjustment. Do something. Quit doing the same. This is insanity. You're doing the same thing over and over. And that's what it felt like watching that game. Now, obviously, last two minutes go the Rams way. They put together a nice long drive and everything works out there. But man, for large parts of that game, it was hard to watch. Better team won. The better team won that game. I, I, I just, I the better I, talent I think, certainly did. I think, I think the better team won. I, and I know that there was some stuff there about the game that was immensely frustrating. But I think that kind of fr- proves the point. Like even though the game plan wasn't perfect, that team still came out on top. And there was something like it. What the run defense was by the Bengals was outstanding. Ooh. I mean, Ooh. it was. It really was. And 
there was some weird, you know, like the the the. I think the first two plays of the of the second half were a touchdown in the interception, right? Like, I mean, correct. Was, I, that was the wildest stretch of two plays in in Super Bowl memories recent. I mean, it was you know it, it was a weird game. There wasn't a flow to it for the vast majority of it. I don't think. Um, both teams were waiting to make that crucial critical mistake. And honestly, I think the Rams, I mean, the Rams survived losing the turnover battle. They survived a poor game plan and they were trailing late in the game and they came through and, and, and kind of, and, and, and fought through some of that adversity and were you know, Matt Stafford played outstanding late in the game. It was, it was, it was interesting. It was a weird one. I came away feeling the chiefs would have won that game though. And that is one feeling I do like I'm trying to separate all of my emotions entirely because like I have to accept like I think we all have to accept the accept the fact that Tom Brady and was miserable two thirds of his career because two thirds of his career he didn't win the Super Bowl. But I'm also like, you know, it, it does feel like there that was a wasted opportunity because I do think the Chiefs are, are Super Bowl champs right now if they're playing in that game. Uh, we can say that we also sat there and said, we hope the chiefs get to play the Bengals and arrowhead. Cause they're going to wax them. So, I mean, like, I don't think we can sit here and say that the chiefs are going to win the super bowl based on like how bad those teams look, because the last time we saw the chiefs, they looked pitiful for the last half of yeah. football. So, I mean, like, I don't, I don't think, I think this is the worst chiefs team we've seen in the last three years. And I think the entire NFL was kind of in the same boat ever. Like the, the skill gap between the top and the bottom, or at least the top and the middle got a lot closer this year. And I think that played a huge role and why this Super Bowl didn't look great. Like you didn't last year, beside, despite the Chiefs injuries, you had no doubt you were watching the two best teams go to the Super Bowl. Everybody mm -hmm. felt that this year. I just don't think you felt like you didn't get that. Even last year you had, you probably thought the four best teams playing on the final weekend in the playoffs this year. It didn't feel like that. So like, I think, think the skill gaps closer. I just don't know if we can sit here and say the Chiefs were definitely better because I mean, they got beat by the Bengals twice. I will say, though, one of my big takeaways watching the game was simply how much we are spoiled by Bill Belichick because these both of these coaches were awful. Awful play calling, awful decisions. Andy Reid's made some awful decisions, had some awful play calling. Sean McDermott, every Kyle Shanahan looked shook as can be in his last game. You can pick at all of these different coaches in the past however long you want to. Bill Belichick, yeah, he makes mistakes. I'm not saying he's perfect, but God, he makes a lot less than all these other coaches do right now. I was watching that game. Sean McVay looked so nervous like he hadn't gone to the bathroom in two weeks since he <laughs> knew he was playing the Super Bowl. My man was so tightly wound, and I, Zach Taylor couldn't even be nervous. I don't think he knew what planet he was on. Like, that's I just like neither guy looked good in the spot, and I can't say that Andy Reid, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan would have been better because the last time we saw all of them, they made the same mistakes. So I think Bill Belichick has just spoiled us as fans in terms of like, what is the best possible coaching you can get? I mean, Bill Belichick has also spoiled us as people who cover defense because that man just takes random assortments of players with very specific types and converts his hybrid defense out of stuff. And it results in a bunch of people just being like, yeah, just go get random dudes and put them together. And it works well, every time. It, it and he, go, he, but, he goes to great lengths. He goes to great lengths to take things away from teams. And he goes to oh, extreme yeah. measures in games like this. Hey, the Bengals did that. That's exactly they what did. the Bengals did. The, the all playoffs. That's exactly Bengals, what they did all playoffs. Yeah. I, I I was very impressed by Lou Anaromo's defense. Really, I'm glad you impressed. got his name right. Yeah, hey, listen, <laughs> I we you know just all last week we did. Um, very impressed by by what the Bengals did 
the way that they attack things. We have seen some game plans from some defense, even Steve Spagnuolo's defense. We have seen times where he's focused on, you know, different elements and things like that. And it's worked for the Chiefs, but not to the shifting nature of Lou Anaromo's defense. Now, I don't know if that's sustainable. I don't know if this was, you know, basically emptying the chamber in the playoffs. And now we're going to see maybe a little bit of a step back because they weren't particularly good during the regular season. But it is going to be interesting to see. I will say this is now the second time in four (laughs) years that the Chiefs were sitting at home on Super Bowl weekend and the Rams were playing in the Super Bowl. And I think I can safely say that based on the whole of the season and the highs of the teams that we've seen there, the Kansas City Chiefs would have beaten the Rams in both of those Super Bowls. You know, based again, the highs of the season, not necessarily the last time that we saw them. And that that set of expectations is so difficult. I mean, I wrote a little bit about that and some changes that are coming, but like basically, as Ken alluded to, Every season you don't win the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and Andy Reid as your head coach and the assortment of talent that you've got on this team is it it feels like failure. It feels like you didn't live up to the expectations. And yeah, Tom Brady is the winningest quarterback in Super Bowl history and all that. And yeah, like you said, two thirds of the time he didn't win the Super Bowl. So it's hard to get to this stage. It's even harder to win the thing. Like there's so many things that have to go right. And yet I think we can pretty safely say that the Chiefs should have been in the Super Bowl the last four years and arguably would have won three of them. I'm, I'll give the bucks their due, but I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, but that's kind of where we are right now. And I, I think there's something that we've all kind of I, I think we're all trying to navigate a lot of things right now as Chiefs fans, because, I mean, the newness of having what we have in Kansas City, we went from zero to 60 faster than anybody else has ever, you know, I mean, the extremes that this team has been through. And I I just think about, you know, I trying to trying to separate the how do I say this? The Chiefs have the Chiefs have been on the doorstep, and, and the should haves for this team in a short amount of time are a lot, are many. They're more than you think they they should be, right? Like you you're trying to separate is this an Andy thing? Trying to separate is this just how difficult it is to win in the National Football League? Do other teams waste the kind of opportunities that the Chiefs have wasted? You know, you start asking some of these questions and trying to decipher and understand emotionally where. As Chiefs fans, we should be because we are not grounded in any way, shape or form because we don't know what it's like to be like this, even in the four years of greatness that we've seen with Mahomes at quarterback. So trying to navigate and understand, is this Andy? Are these the fatal flaws of Andy that if it was a different coach, the Chiefs would have another ring by now? Or is it just this is how hard it is to win in the National Football League? Like, Trying to understand and navigate through all of those emotions all at the same time is something that I find very hard to deal with because we don't know anything else, right? So that's something I've kind of pondered a little bit the last couple of days is just like trying to trying to trying to understand and contextualize things that we don't really have any experience with historically as Chiefs fans. Generations of Chiefs fans don't have. 
you have to just lean on what other teams have done. Like the likelihood of the Chiefs being the next Patriots was always slim to none. The likelihood of them being the next Green Bay Packers, the next Indianapolis Colts, New Orleans Saints, where you get that one Super Bowl with your quarterback, you're competitive for more, but maybe you don't get there. I'm not saying like they're one, they're, there's no, they're not going to win another one. It's just they're now at that point to where I think you're competitive every single season for more, unless you have like in Green Bay major coaching miscues. And I don't think that I'm trying to say Andy Reid's going to be Mike McCarthy level, but you have other assistants that do impact it. I'm not saying any specific person, but like if you don't start getting the assistant coaches, that's coordinators on down, right? You might have this lull. You might have this step back to where you're only a playoff team rather than a Super Bowl contender year after year. It's like the odds are that is where the Chiefs are going. So at this point, you got to figure out why you're falling short if you're the Chiefs. As fans, like you're still just on for the ride. It's really hard to be down on the team that is one play away from going back to the Super Bowl for li- the one play away twice from going back to the Super Bowl four, four straight times. years. It's hard to be down on the team there, but you also have to, like Craig was talking about earlier, like Ken's alluding to, why are they not getting there? What is the final step? Is it simply just another guy needs to make a play? And since you're just one play away from the star-studded team, you feel good and you just keep trying over and over again? Or is there something else? Is there something under the surface and those star-studded players are keeping you that close despite another mistake? It's really hard to pin your finger down. I mean, at the end of the day, though, I said this, I think this is the Chiefs' worst team in the past four years. Again, they were one of the worst halves of football that this offense has ever played from being in the Super Bowl and which we would all be sitting here saying they probably beat the Rams the way things shook out. So, like, how upset are we? Like, yeah, maybe they were the worst team they've been in four years, but they still were probably the team most deserving of being called the best team in the NFL this year. Yeah, I mean, they they were probably the best team in the AFC. And I don't want to <laughs> slight the Bengals there. I really don't. But but that's kind of the way that it went. It, it just kind of, I keep coming back to that. And this is going to be a very important offseason because of that. Because now you've got a bunch of expiring contracts, both in the coaching staff and in personnel. You've lost your director of player personnel and potentially more members of the front office. We'll, we'll kind of wait to see how that shakes out. There are a number of important hires that have to occur this offseason, and it's not just on the field people. You know, it's not just personnel. It's not just the offensive coordinator or the quarterback coach. It's, there's a lot of positions that need to be filled. filled. So it it's tough to look at it and say, hey, they're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine because you are going to have so many empty spaces that you've got to get in there and do all this stuff with. That's not something that the Chiefs have had to do with under Andy Reid. Usually it's very focused, very specific as to specific positions and things like that. So it just leaves a lot of uncertainty. And that's kind of where I am right now. Like it, It's exciting because it could be a lot of movement and a lot of things to talk about and a lot of new hope and things like that. It's also a little bit of nervousness because this team been in four straight AFC championship games, hosted them and are, is the odds on favorite to be in the Super Bowl and win the damn thing again. So uh, living up to that expectation is tough. And with so many moving pieces, it's just so hard to look at it and say, Oh, okay. Everything's going to be okay. They do need to make some changes. This team got a little extra rest, which I like. Uh, they did get a little bit of extra rest here, and they've, they've played a lot of football. So, like, I, I wonder, you know, emotionally, the guys coming back, whoever does come back is going to get, 
you know, uh, they're not going to have to endure the emotions of Super Bowl process. They're not going to endure an extra two weeks. Um, I think this is going to be this could potentially be a really fun offseason for a lot of different reasons. There's going to be a lot of changes. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are going to be Super Bowl favorites. But I think in Kansas City, what you're going to get is you're going to get you get a little doubt creeping in. You're going to get a little questioning whether or not this team will achieve you know, what they're capable of doing with Mahomes at quarterback. I think this is going to be one of those years where, you know, you know, like, I, I think after the first year when they, the Chiefs were on the doorstep of the Super Bowl and they lost the AFC championship, there was this emotion of, gosh, it's so hard to get here. It was so hard to get to the AFC championship game. There was so much, you know, questioning, like, can they do it? Are they going to be able to emotionally carry themselves through the season? Is this going to be something that fuels them? And then you find out it does, it fuels them, and, and they overcome a lot of adversity during the regular season. They go out and they win the Super Bowl. I, I think it'll be kind of fun because I think more doubt will creep in in Kansas City. And you know, the farther away you get from a Super Bowl, I Chiefs are going to win multiple Super Bowls in Patrick Mahomes' career. I firmly believe that. But I think the farther you get away from a Super Bowl, I think the more appreciation, the more it'll mean. And, you know, if they if the Chiefs went back to back, it, it's not going to mean the same as if they go out and win it next year. There's been time. We've had time. We've had doubt allowed to creep in. We've had blown opportunities allowed to creep in. It'll make the next one special. It'll make the next one a little bit more special. Maddie, I think you had one more thing you want to talk about this before we move on to something else. Yeah, just about the game in general. You're sitting there, you're watching the game, and you're trying to take it in. The game passes, the Rams win. We're thinking about it all last night, all this morning, and it like pivots from, okay, what happened in the game to what does this mean for football going forward? Like, what did you see in this game that relates to the other, you know, 30 teams not playing there and what it means? And one of my thoughts, and I think, and then I thought about it, this expands beyond just the Super Bowl. So I'm going to ask you guys this question. What's the last Super Bowl in which you found yourself saying, wow, that cornerback or that secondary really changed that game? Ooh, that's this, tough. I got to go back and look at I, I, I got to see if I can find one. Right. Listen, that's what I'm saying. I, Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a good secondary. I feel like they sure. had a good secondary, but I don't know that, that wasn't that's the reason. Tilted it. That, yeah, that, that's not that why. Wasn't the reason that right. no, no. And there's, there's plenty of good secondaries. And like the Rams have the best corner in the NFL. But Jalen mm -hmm. Ramsey certainly did not change that game. So like when he we got roasted, Jamar Chase bopped him a couple times. Like okay. down the sideline. Yeah, no, he did. He did. He, he got him. But like Jalen Ramsey was really good outside, like three plays. He was really, really good. But mm -hmm. it, that didn't feel like it skewed the game. But you know what has skewed Super Bowls? Pass, Pass rushers. Rush. Yeah. Von mm -hmm. Miller with the Broncos. Von Miller with the Rams. The entire Buccaneers. Like the Pass Niners. Rush. Even the Forty the Niners. Niners. The, yeah, those Niners. They were. They right. were bopping the chain. So maybe, like maybe you're looking at the Patriots. Maybe you're looking at the Patriots first. I don't even want to say the Rams. No, I can't even say the Rams because that was just the whole defensive scheme. Like it wasn't specifically the course. Like we're in this age where analytics plays such a huge role in what's happening on the football field, right or wrong. But one of their big things is coverage over pass rush, corners over edge rushers. But what football tells you at the highest level, that's not true. At the highest level, when the high, the best teams are playing with the most on the line, it's pass rush time and time again that matters more than secondary. So here we sit thinking about the Chiefs moving forward. We spent all offseason talking about you know how we would like to invest in corners. The Chiefs don't like to do it. We think that'd be the way. They keep trying the pass rush. It's not working. But guess what? When you get to the Super Bowl, 
it really doesn't seem to matter if you have that shutdown corner. It's about can you pressure the quarterback instead? Maybe, just maybe this is one of those times where, you know, old school football guy might have a little bit better clue than what the, you know, what the data or analytics might say. Cause I mean, it just wins the last time. I mean, it's, it's a fair point. It really is a fair point because uh, yeah, those, those have been the game changing elements on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I know we all look at it and it's, Oh, the passing game is so important. You got to limit the passing game. And so the natural behavior is flood the secondary. I, subscribe to that as well and the Chiefs Same. hopefully do a, a little bit because they they do need some bodies out there this season but yeah you you look at the investment in defensive line and how that's gone along Maddie I, I actually thought you were going to something else when you started in on this that okay. I just started because we didn't talk about this I just started my mind going there it's also a spending and an asset management that has really kind of played a big part of the last three Super Bowl champions. Like this year, the Rams went all in on free agency and all in on every free agent that they could during the season. They threw a lot of money and a lot of assets around and for, you know, basically forecast the future. Buccaneers did that as well the year before through a lot of money at a lot of guys to try and bring in as much as possible. Even the Chiefs in 2019 threw a lot of money at that defense, you know, really tried to rebuild it, and they put a lot of assets into that. So I, I'm looking at it as we we see this whole, well, we don't want the NFL to become the NBA and try and get these super teams and these guys all getting together and all this money allocation into free agents and veteran players and things like that. But we're not seeing the the build through the draft be as you know winning as maybe it was in some previous seasons now i say that the uh, Bengals well, have definitely built through the through the draft they definitely well, have but look at look at, i mean yeah i know like look at tampa bay's defense they hit true i mean those, those corners the secondary is entire all secondary, young dudes devin mm -hmm. white i mean vita vea i mean i i don't think there's one way to build a team I there's think not, that there's, but... I think there are, I, you know, I, I think there's more, more than one approach to build a football team. I still like, I, I think, I mean, hitting on draft picks, I think is what matters. You still got to spend though. That's what I'm you saying still, though. No, you, you absolutely, just, you gotta do both. yeah, you got to yeah. spend. Yeah. I mean, then the chiefs, I mean, the chiefs, the chiefs used a lot of assets to acquire Frank Clark and acquire mm -hmm. Tyron Matthew and flip their defense on their head too. So, I mean, like there's a lot of examples of it um, for sure. And <laughs> it's it's uh it's it, it was cool to, honestly it was kind of cool to see the rams do it the way they did like i i i was fascinated by that whole thing now i'm curious what like i mean they, they really don't care about picks but they've also been able to find value every single year uh not to say that they found value every pick that they've made but like ernest jones uh this year oh, yeah wrong for them and you know they've been able to find value i mean they got work up in the third round Let's need such a fascinating case. Like it's just an interesting approach, but they finally, you know, they finally were able to achieve what they set out to do with their aggressiveness, and and it paid off for them. Now, will it That's allow matters? Will it allow them to build a sustainable winner? I don't know. I don't know if it's a model that's going to allow them to build that kind of sustainability. But is that their goal? So how hard we win a national yeah exactly we started this conversation though talking about or not this one but like earlier we talked about how the chiefs are more than likely going to be more like the green bay packers mm -hmm. with Aaron Rodgers or peyton manning with the indianapolis colts 
what if the Rams are in the same boat? I mean, they should be. They got to one. They didn't win it. I mean, they got to know that their, you know, their good run is close to ending. Like their, their run, their time has got to be close to the ending to where you either have to completely retool everything and make that run again, or you have to be the Tom Brady led New England Patriots to just keep it going. So if they know they're at the end of the line, who cares if they don't build on from this? Like they're, they're trying to get that right. one before they have to start the process over again. And they did it. It's so like, they might not care about trying to build out the longevity. I think there is a slight difference there when you decide you're at this point, you go make the trade for Matt Stafford. Like that's a win now thing comparing that to the Chiefs situation. I know you weren't, mm. but like compared to the Chiefs, they need to make it prolonged. You would almost prefer them. I, I, I don't want them to, but you'd almost prefer a down year now to be ready to move forward for the next five years after that, rather than to try to run this all the way to the cliff, get well, to where you're overhanging and then pull it back. I think we saw, we saw a comment here earlier. Uh, I think it was from Derek Hernandez kind of just talking about the landscape of the AFC and basically saying you know, all these other teams, in the AFC have gotten better. The chiefs haven't. And it's really been frustrating because the chiefs haven't really made an attempt to add people, add significant investments. I think, to their outside of team. offensive line, uh, yeah, I mean, sure, but I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm looking. <laughs> they at, did like, do that. I know. They did I'm looking, do that. I'm looking on defense though. I mean, here, if you look at the if you look at the asset allocation though, like they had two ten plus million dollar tackles that they had to replace. It wasn't like I mean they they had to go out in. I mean, yeah, they they hit on their draft picks along the interior, but at the same time, like they had to figure something out because they lost their two tackles. So. I mean, like, yes, like we can go there, but at the same time, I'm looking at the rest of this team. Like, we talk about run it back. We all were like, eh, we sure they want to. We we rolled our <laughs> eyes at run it back a little bit. At least I thought I it was what that was the that was when you knew that the Chiefs weren't in their mind making a New England Patriots run. They were trying to get as much as they could in right away. And I'm not saying that's wrong. It's just the Bucks did was, it this year. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was the moment that you knew that their plan wasn't to be the best team for the next 10 years. It was to be the best team and get as much out of it as you can right now. Now it doesn't mean they can't still be the best team in the mm -hmm. NFL for the next decade. It's just, it was a lot harder the way they handled run it back. And we saw kind of how that went. They got back to the Super Bowl because they were still the best team. And, you know, the AFC and without injuries, maybe they would have competed in one back to back because like and that was never the question. The question was, what would it look like going forward? This year was always the year I think you had to anticipate when you saw it run it back being a little down. And again, Paying we're for still the saying to run it back. They yeah, were still, still one play away from going yeah. back to the Super Bowl. So like that's was, how good the team is, even though there is mistakes. I just wanted to like, respond like to the to the question. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs have gotten worse. I just think they're the same. And I think they're yeah. the same top to bottom. The defense is the same. The offense is the same. The coaching is the same. Everything's the same. So they're not getting worse. Just everyone's getting a little bit better, a little bit better. And that's making their execution look worse. Not the team talent, just the execution. So, and it's just, everything's getting narrower and narrower and narrower. And that's why I think you're going to see more turnover this year. I will say this. I do think that the Chiefs with Mahomes, Andy, that offensive line, that success is a lot more sustainable maybe from some of the other groups that we're talking about here. Maybe not the Bills. Bills are a really good football team. But outside of them, I think that the Chiefs are right there as far as a sustainability thing goes, as far as, but you know, even if they have a quote-unquote down year, I think a down year in Kansas City is still a playoff run. And I think it's still them in a good position. It just doesn't look maybe as clean. So from that perspective, 
it is going to be a very sustainable thing going forward, just like our good pals at Macadoodles are going to be a very sustainable force in the liquor market in Kansas City starting in summer of this year, coming to Lee's Summit, Missouri. They're going to bring you the best prices. They're going to bring you the best selection. And everybody in that store is going to be able to give you the customer service that you deserve. 2019 Chiefs level customer service. It's going to be elite. It's going to give you exactly what you want. And the only thing that I don't like about Macadoodles is that there's not more of them. So let's get more of them around. Get a hold of info or get a hold of Roger at info at macadoodles.com. Let's start bringing more franchises to Kansas City and increase the sustainability in the Kansas City liquor market. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, we talked a little bit about, you know, some changes. We talked a little bit about you know, maybe some changing of voices, some changing of personnel, just kind of, you know, mixing some things up. The hashtag run it back air is dead and it netted one Super Bowl. It might be time to mix some things up a little bit. Um, no, Maddie's like, maybe it's dead. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, hashtag change it up. I really think the hashtag change it up era. I like that. I'm fine with that. Something. We got to come up with something. I, I'm a little bit too energized right now. I kind of want to just uh, revenge tour, but like that's so cliche. But like that's why I I have some takes. I have some Mahomes takes coming at some point this offseason. Yeah, he should have never embraced the Grim Reaper. That was where everything went south. The moment that he leaned into Grim Reaper, things went bad. That's an entirely fair point. Um, one of the voices that might change it potentially, uh, we may not get Eric Bieniemy back. There's some conversations that have been, some reports that have happened this week that the Chiefs are going to meet with Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy are going to meet uh, about the the future of uh, Eric Bieniemy moving forward. And I I was kind of anticipating we'd have some kind of news by now, honestly, at some at this point because it kind of sounded like it might have been 
something that could have happened early this week, maybe even today. We're yet to hear some news about that. We'll, there's a chance we talk about that later in the week. Uh, there might be news on it. I, I just, I'm going to make this statement off the top. The fact, and I think a lot of people have said this, and a lot of people put two and two together. The fact that there is a conversation about whether or not Eric Bieniemy will be back in Kansas City and that information is out tells you that it's a very real possibility that he is not in Kansas City. I just don't know why that news gets out if they aren't anticipating making a change there, Maddie. It didn't I mean, get out last year when he signed oh, no. a one-year contract extension, so why is it out there now? Yeah, not everybody knew that. Uh, and especially the fact that it's Adam Schefter that got it out there. He's, mm. I think everybody knows now, he is very much the coaches, GMs, you know, the high ups in NFL teams. Like that's where his information comes from. That's where all teams, that's why he's getting in trouble this year because he's done stuff to protect them or whatever. Like that's, that's Mr. where his info editor. comes from. Yeah, that's where his info comes from. So the fact that he's the one dropping that story on Super Bowl, you know, Sunday morning, it's out there, not not just for a reason, but everyone knows it's out there. It very much got the okay from somebody that has a fair amount of authority for the Chiefs to say it gets out there, and this is stuff that wasn't out last year. You're even getting now, late this evening, Albert Breer is talking about you know Eric Bieniemy and the Chiefs and what's going on there and bring Matt Nagy's name back into the conversation. Not just bring his name into the conversation, and this is just a side sidebar here, Ooh. mentioned as a potential successor to Andy Reid. Like, now, I don't, uh, I don't think out. Albert... Oh, go ahead. I will just say, the the potential successor Matt Nagy conversation, it makes a lot more sense than we think about on the surface because Matt Nagy and Brett Veach are like, they yeah. go, they, they play They're in tight. college together. That connection probably isn't talked about enough, which is why like Nagy coming back makes way too much sense if there are going to be changes. Don't tell, don't think I haven't thought about Nagy the replacement for Andy Reid someday. I thought it was going to be Kafka, but Kafka, you know, I, I think there's a large gap between coming back because he's friends with Brett Veach and being named an Andy Reid successor after the dumpster fire we just saw in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a big gap of stuff there. So I was just going to say, I, I think Albert Breer obviously knows people. I just don't know if he's getting the same pipeline of information straight from the top of NFL teams that Schefter was. Like I was going to say, Maybe don't read as much into the exact wording of that one, but it's just worth noting that he's also talking about this. He brought Matt Nagy's name up. Like, I think the writing's on the wall. I'd be more surprised if Eric Bieniemy's here next year than he's than if he's not. I, I would actually be quite floored if he's here because of the way this news has come out, because of just the way things are feeling and trending right now. I would be surprised. I also in Kent, I thought we might get news today. I thought by tomorrow would be the absolute latest. We would hear something about him. But no, I'm not no idea why. Just that was my feeling. So I was a little surprised we've heard nothing today. Hopefully it does come early this week because you're getting pretty close to not having a lot of options left of replacement. I, I think it's worth noting that Albert Breer also mentioned Eric Bienemy's contract, that the that the league knew that it was expiring when things were coming around last summer. Well, yeah, it was a one-year deal, and he makes note that, you know, the fact that the league knew means that they weren't going to stick with... Listen, he he was... he His contract expired last year. They signed him to a one-year deal. The fact that it's not a slam-dunk thing that's happening is reason enough to to look at this and say, maybe Eric Bieniemy's going to look elsewhere. And the verbiage that was in the Schefter report that was... Maybe he's going to pursue a collegiate, you know, job, 
or maybe he's going to take a year off. I I that's think it. the fact yeah the fact that that's even tossed yeah. out there is hey he's seriously considering these things and I mean before we even delve into this it sucks that this man has to get out of the Chiefs organization to maybe be taken more seriously as a head coach it really sucks that that's happening but I think I think we all have kind of looked at this a little bit as a little bit stagnant in Kansas City and maybe it's time for a couple of new voices even Matt Nagy being out on his own for a little bit maybe has a couple tweaks <laughs> to the Andy Reid offense I, I I don't I don't know I, but maybe I'm not some, bring something Nagy, challenge way, him yeah. or something <laughs> I don't know Please don't make it sound like I'm endorsing Matt Nagy because, like, y'all, you can hear my receipts this year. Uh, I don't think he's as bad a coach as the Butt Bear situation, but I also think he shouldn't call plays. Um, I want to read. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read Brewer's little nugget real quick because it does really some. There's a lot of summaries here for like a lot of what we're we're, we're saying. What can you right, so use your it, bedtime story voice though? Like, I want to hear it like you're reading a story to us before bed. I'm gonna take. A uh, no, but if you put a cat in the hat copy in front of me i got bars i'll just say that um albert breer you can go and read it one situation to watch this week is where the chiefs go with eric Bieniemy. his contract is up and it's been public since last summer that he was hurtling towards an expiration it's usually not an accident when that sort of information gets out nor is it an accident when an assistant coach goes into a contract year without an extension so this very much bears watching the bears has to be a pun <laughs> and especially so with the availability of Nat Matt Nagy as a potential replacement. Among those in Kansas City organization, Nagy's long been looked at as a prospective su su successor to Andy Reid, in part because of his close relationship with Brett Beach. So if the enemy wants to pursue an expanded role elsewhere, the idea of getting Nagy back in the building now would probably have some appeal to the organization. So like that is like a great summary. I, that's funny. Like I think we kind of hit on all the points, but like that's... I. I I say all this to say, like Albert Breer making those connections on the logic, I think also says something because, like, I don't think you know some of these logical connections are always not a little bit informed either. The same way with everything we just talked about, Schefter. So, percent chance that Eric Bieniemy is with the Chiefs next year, Maddie? Um, seven percent. I'm going low. Like I said, I'd be surprised. I, I I think the reporting's too, not factual, but like it's just, it very much has, the, the way it's being reported is expiration date. Too much Might spin. take a year off. There's too much. I think it's also very telling that in Schefter's initial report, the first time it's like officially being reported, that it's all Eric Bieniemy's decision. It's all his decision to take a year off. It's all his decision to seek stuff somewhere else. I think this is all very intentional. I think there's a lot of press going into this for me to believe that he's coming back. I think, oh man, it's rough because here's the thing. The optics of it are not good. Um, the optic of it are really not good. Like Andy Reid has preached Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach. Andy Reid has preached, you know, we need more black head coaches. We need more african-american you know coaches in positions of power and owners and things like that if you're letting him walk it's got to be oh man it's just tough it, it really is tough. It, it, it's tough the optics of it are bad there's no two ways to slice it even if eric Bieniemy comes out and goes listen it's been tough you know I, we've been going hard at this for 
essentially four straight years. Like I need a break. And even if that is the case, you know, I, it it's just not necessarily a good look. So he probably uh, can't Reed, say that. He probably can't say that phrase and get a head coaching position. Oh, he cannot say tough. I need a break. Does it look worse if he goes and they just bring in Matt Nagy to replace him versus bringing in a lesser known, but you know, like a hot commodity college coach or coordinator or QB coach that's rising? Like, does it look better to just go get Nagy and drop him in Eric Bieniemy's role while he goes off based on like everything you're saying? Like, like it seems like it seems like I, you're talking about I mean, being out Nagy in. It's like half dozen of one, six of the other. Like same thing. Just what's with the switch? Like that almost makes it look worse. No. Yeah, and especially since you could just bring Matt Nagy in as like a spread game analyst or something like Brad Childress was, and you could find Andy will find spots on his staff for people. So do we, do we know that Nagy didn't have another opportunity? No. No, we, we don't, we don't even really well, know that he had this opportunity, if we're being honest. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, I will say Nagy not having a job to this point makes me think he's coming back to Kansas City. Or David Coley. Or David Coley, too. I could see both of those. Like, neither of them being tied anywhere. And, like, there's, I mean, spots are closing up. And now this reaction, this this report, it seems like there's a lot of logical connections people are people can make <laughs> to saying oh you know this is an amicable split and, and all this stuff and you know maybe you know maybe it is an amicable split i don't know i hope i so. don't you know it, it we don't and like I, we're talking we're talking like it's over craig you didn't give me a percentage chance what's the percentage i don't chance because you, i don't want a percentage i know you don't want to, but we're all giving one uh, 23%. I don't know. I, you know, a little less than a quarter. I just think it's, it's tough. I also think that Andy realizes that he needs a, some new ideas in house too. And it's been largely the same staff on offense. He leans on those guys to help him develop concepts. He leans on those guys to bring new things to him. And it has been largely the same staff for a while on offense. So I do think that there's a little bit of wanting a change to just bring some new minds into the equation, which also if it's Matt Nagy and David Coley blows that theory out of the water too. So yeah, I, my I'm, I'm going with 15%. I was going to go with 15% before Craig said 23%, but weirdly enough, as weird as we are, that is an exact average of 15%. If you take all three of our, cause you said seven, you Craig said 23. I said 15. That's weird. Um, So, okay. And Matt, you look like you wanted to jump in here real quick on something else on the EB side. I, you look like you no. had something on your mind. No, I was just debating if I could change my percentage to 6% just to mess with your little thing here. But yeah, I, not, I, deci not... I decided against interrupting you for that. But thank that you for throwing up. it to me. Well, no, you just uh, you just hit the interrupting Kent on the bingo card. Uh, so that's great. <laughs> uh, any anything else? Anything else before we get out of here, boys? I mean, I think we need some helmet stickers, butt slaps, and, uh, and a bottle of vodka. To yeah. what? I, are you not prepared? I'm prepared. Did you show up unprepared? Did you need? Did you need a break, Kent? Are we? Are we doing the Super Bowl? What, it, buddy? It's up to you. Who are you giving a helmet sticker to? I'm giving a. I'm giving a helmet sticker to Matthew Stafford for getting yeah. the uh, the getting the monkey off his back and making a sick no look pass uh, late in that football game. So a helmet sticker and congratulations to Matthew Stafford enduring 
uh, the Detroit Lions and having as many rings as Aaron Rodgers? I'm giving a butt slap. God, I, I they got so many I want to give out. I'm going to give one to 50 Cent for hanging upside down for God knows how long before he got going. My man looked like he was struggling. When they it it was like him. this long. Go back and rewatch it. I have. They they brought him out and he pulled himself up like three seconds before he leaned down. It, now, it I, was, I was hoping that he was going to be able to get back down because I had questions. I was doubting his ability to get back down. So that's a quick one. That That's just a little love tap. But uh, McCole Hardman gets a big one for his Twitter game at Eli Apple once the Super Bowl was over. That's where we're getting the biggest butt slap of the week too because, uh, boy, did he pour it on poor, poor Eli Apple. I'm giving a whole ass bottle of vodka to Andrew Whitworth. My man, listen. I'm going to say this, and I realize that, that this is fodder for anybody who wants to come after me. It is way more impressive playing offensive tackle at 40 years old than it is playing quarterback after 40 years old. That is ridiculous that he has had the longevity that he has and that he was able to play as long as he has. I was so happy to see him get a ring. Like, he was the guy. Listen, I love Aaron Donald. He deserved a ring, but he's going in the hall. Like, he's a first ballot hall dude. Put him this in now. Is, what's that? <laughs> Put him in now. Put him in now. Like, yeah, <laughs> while he's playing, he should be in the hall. Let's see oh, if he can have a statue of the ring. Hall of Fame bids in one career because he's already done enough to get in right now. Let's start mm -hmm. the second one, see if he can get in again. But Andrew Whitworth, a guy that has absolutely earned all of that. So it was awesome to see him come back and do that. Yeah, there's some there's some fun guys to root for there for the Rams. Uh yeah. And it, I'm, I can't wait for all the narratives uh, for the AFC quarterbacks this entire summer. It's going to be very fast. Could be great. Cannot be great. wait. I'm already looking forward to it. That is going to do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory. Thank you guys so much for listening, watching, wherever you're consuming this. We appreciate you. Make sure if you if you like what we're doing, go to kcsn.substack.com. Subscribe to you know some of our content there. We got more podcasts, exclusive podcasts there for subscribers and all kinds of other good stuff. Thank y'all. We'll catch you later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.